hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, I am Mark Hershon, and this is Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, where we are celebrating our 50th episode. In some ways, it's hard to believe we actually have gotten to 50 shows. On the other hand, given that we started 22 months ago, this should be episode 96. But it has been tough to get consistent between my day job, studio time at Studio P, the home of the hit, and other elements. It's been hard to crank out a show a week, but we are finally there more or less. If you're new to Suckatash, the reason it's called the Comedy Podcast Podcast is that we usually feature between 10 and 12 clips from comedy podcasts from around the world. We occasionally have interviews with podcasters, comedians, and other sundry show folk. This week being our special Epi 50, however, I am going to feature the interview I had last week with the cast of Super Ego, who are up from Los Angeles to be part of the 12th annual San Francisco Sketch Fest. But before I get to that, let's get over to our new regular feature we've been doing since the start of the new year, our Top 10 Stitcher Comedy Podcast Countdown. Now, if you're not hip to Stitcher Smart Radio, it's the app for your smartphone or tablet that eliminates the need for downloading. You can stream your favorite podcasts and listen to them right away. The shows in the top 10 have either got a lot of loyal listeners or else there are a lot of new people just checking out these particular shows. In fact, this week, only one out of the top 10 were not up there. So here we go. Here's this week's Stitcher Top 10 Comedy Podcast. At number 10, Doug Loves Movies Down One Spot. Number 9, jumping into the top 10, is Death Squad. It jumped up two spots to get in there. And then No Movement. From 1 through 8. 8, as it, as last week, Real Time with Bill Maher. 7 is the Smodcast. 6 is More Stories. 5 is The Nerdist. 4 is NPR Car Talk Podcast, which is still a mystery to me why that is so consistently up there. Number 3 is WTF with Mark Marin. Number 2, The Adam Carolla Show. And still reigning champion at the number 1 spot is The Joe Rogan Experience. Hi, this is Robin Williams, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I did good, huh? Now my lineman! <laughs> it was part lucky happenstance and part perfect storm my getting the opportunity to sit down with the guys from Super Ego. I've been pinging Matt Gorley for months on Twitter, and he kept begging off because they don't enjoy trying to do group Skype interviews. Can't blame them for that. And because it's so hard to get the guys together in one place unless they're recording their material. So when they got booked to return to the 12th Annual Sketch Fest this year in San Francisco, we saw our opportunity to pull it together. But the great thing about having these guys on is the focus for our 50th episode of Suckatash is that this show is not just a showcase for comedy podcasts, but is also a celebration of the medium. And Super Ego really represents a certain measure of podcast success. Now, these guys aren't getting rich off their show, not yet, but it's a show that didn't exist without podcasting. They're improvisers, they're sketch performers, and those are two kinds of animals that exist largely on stage in front of a live audience. 
With podcasting, superego, as they talk about in our interview, starts as improv, but it comes together through careful editing and post-production. And while they've learned to do what they do uh, on stage in a live setting, the show is first and foremost a podcast, much like Illusionoid in Toronto, the cast of which guested with me a couple of episodes ago. Now in their third season, Super Ego is gaining in popularity and opportunity, and I beg your indulgence as listeners in having our format step away from playing a bunch of clips this episode in order to enjoy this interview and a couple of clips with Super Ego. Before I get into my interview with the Super Ego guys, Matt Gorley, Jeremy Carter, and Mark McConville, I wanted to play a chunk from the top of their most recent episode, just in case you've never gotten to hear their rhythms. Pretty amazing stuff, which, as I've maintained since the first time we featured a clip from them on the show, is very reminiscent to me of a group called the Firesign Theater. Now, if you consider yourself fans of audio comedy and haven't heard them, the Firesign Theater, you've got a lot of listening to catch up on. Here for Succotash Epi 50 is our special guest, Super Ego. Super Ego, Season 3. Profiles in Self-Obsession. Brought to you by Drs. Jeremy Carter, Ph.D., and Matt Gorley, P.Y.T. With resident specialists Mark McConville and Jeff Crocker. You can learn more at GoSuperEgo.com, Facebook, and Twitter.com slash GoSuperEgo. Purchase previous seasons and bonus episodes at GoSuperEgo.com. Case Study, Brown B-Wing Squadron, Avoidant Personality Disorder. All wings report in. Brown 7, standing by. Brown 5, standing by. Brown 8, I'm here. Well, could you say standing by? Well, what else would I be doing if I'm here? I feel like we've got enough enemies in the Empire to fight. Brown 8, standing by, your majesty. Okay, well, the Empire basically is a monarchy, so you're going to feel pretty stupid when you end up getting sh- <laughs> Oh, this is Brown 9. Can we cut all the bullshit? We uh, just lost our leader, which frankly is fine, because he was just under a court-martial. I heard he stole office supplies. That was one of the charges. He looked at me in the shower in a funny way. Yeah, I know. He also uh, was using an R2 unit for his own personal unit. So, anywho, here come the TIE fighters and the TIE bombers and the Pad TIE, which I ordered a half hour ago. You said be here in 15 minutes. No time for that. Death Star, straight ahead. Guys, it looks like they're under construction. Maybe we should come back later. You're right. We should at the very least pardon their dust. That thing's operational. Brown 2, standing by. But guys, I've been on every mission. I feel like I'm a team player. Just grow up. No problem, Brown 2. We're going to grow up with the help of your fertilizer. <laughs> That's Porkins' kid, everybody. That's Porkins' kid. Porkins? Wait, he's fat and shitty? <laughs> you screwed the pooch on the name lottery, by the way, there, Porkins. It's a rebellion assigned call number. I can't help it. I'm Brown 2. I'll say. Let's just blow up a Death Star, guys. Tow cable detached. I'm gonna trip this Death Star. I don't think tow cables are the answer this time. Wait till you see me yo-yo this bitch. Fair enough. I feel like I could take on the whole empire by myself. Oh, oh please. Zach, really just dial it down. Die? Dial it, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Satch mode again. Oh, God. And it was an out-of-tune death. I think the shields are still up on that thing. We've gotta give him more time. With me, Lobster Man, Bit 
Rip Rat! Oh, God. It was only a matter of time. What am I? A frog beast? Technically, you're a Mon Calamari. Am I a tad man? Half tadpole, half man? Yeah, am I gonna turn into another thing, or is this just it? Wouldn't that make you like a tad boy? Hmm. You raise a lot of interesting questions. Oh, I got shot! That's too bad. I wanted to ask him why he's not a tadpole if he's ashamed of his Polish heritage. Heads up, team. It's getting pretty racist in here. So you're saying tone that down or, like, tone it up? Oh, all right, yeah. Pedal to the metal. Misa Juju stinks. Mammy, you called him Dr. Jones, doll. Oh, no. That pad thai I ordered a half hour ago has decided to show up and shoot everybody. I'm not Thai. I'm all-purpose Asian. Jesus Christ, could these shields be any more up? You guys, I brought my chick along. Is that cool? Hey, guys. Oh, uh, I'm just a girl. Look, we're kind of in the middle of something right now, uh, making assault on Death Star number two. Baby, show them how you shoot. Oh, yeah. That would have been great if the shields were down. Dude, you're obsessed with these shields. Well, how long can it fucking take? Dude, there's a lady on the comm. Maybe you should watch your language. I apologize. Okay, bye. I'm going to eat a salad. Rebels of the Brown Squadron, this is Death Star Command. Our shields have been down for 15 minutes. God damn it, I knew it. Please end this. Don't underestimate its power, guys. Oh, is that Porkins again? I'm brown too, all right? Well, you know, your dad died. That doesn't make you psychic or anything like no, that. I'm still grieving, so don't be an asshole. Are you grieving or covered in gravy? Oh, <laughs> Foil high five. Get right next to me and we'll hit the foils. Okay, here we go. I'm making my attack run. Yeah, this way we'll get our revenge. I'm sorry, our return. God damn it, I have a pretty good feeling about this. Guys, I'm just on a space maneuver. There's one on your tail, Brown 2. Gross! I can't shake him. I can't shake him. Do I have to do it here? There. Thank you. For once, I feel like I'm part of the team. I'm making my attack run again. I am too. Not without me. Oh, Elephant Man. How did you get in here, John Merrick? <laughs> I just like to sleep like a regular man. Well, that's not going to do us much good. Will this lady undress for me? <laughs> what, Lady Mon Mothma? Many buttons, child, for me to take off this gown. So beautiful. The way your breasts scrape against your belly button. Can we get some more unintelligible characters up in here? This is Quasimodo. I'm right behind you. Oh, for fuck's sake. Boy, it's me, Alfred Hitchcock. How dare you have a meeting without me? Anyone else? I'm the camel man. <laughs> so named because my lip is split down the middle. And in many ways, are an articulated finger those to eat bushes on the outback. Ew, he spit on me. That's kind of my thing. He's making his attack run. Spit Peter in her way. It's a direct hit. This is it. She's gonna blow. Let's get out of here. I'm Camel Man. I smoke seven packs a day. Jesus. I have the dinky problem, and I beat my dad. It went in. Take it home, boys. Yeah, we gotta get back down to Endor so we can launch fireworks. Fireworks, George Lucas. That's how it ends. Like it's 9 p.m. at Disneyland. Fireworks.
I love fireworks. Goodbye, everybody. I'm flying into the side of this thing. Holy smoke, crash landing. Oh, yeah. Remember, the Force will be with you. Sometimes. I am here with Super Ego. Uh, they've just completed uh, a run at the San Francisco Sketch Fest, the 12th annual Sketch Fest. And uh, why don't I have you guys just introduce yourself with your name so the, the listener will know who they're listening to when they hear your voices. All right. Hi, I'm Jeremy Carter. I'm the husky one that sounds like one of my dad's sisters. <laughs> Hi, Mark McConville, Scorpio. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Gorley. I'm real breathy this morning because I'm tired. Um, uh, yeah. Hold on, there's got to be something. We'll come back around to you, no Fair problem. Enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, I'm glad you took the time to, uh, to talk with me this morning. Uh, we've uh, featured uh, clips from your shows uh, in the last two years that Succotash has been on. You're one of our favorite uh, Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, you're uh, uh, one of our audience's favorite podcasts as well. So oh, this will be a real treat for nice. them to get to kind of hear uh, what goes on behind the curtain, <laughs> as much as you're willing to reveal that is. Oh, as much as you'd like. Well, we uh, we get a lot of Bibles that are imported behind the curtain. <laughs> People escaping balloons occasionally. <laughs> Levi's, Beatles records. Yeah, yeah. Coca-Cola pop. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were on the communist side of things. That's oh, sure. Oh, sure. sure. We're, con- yeah, we're communist sure, yeah. smugglers. Sure. We're the last... Um, Communists. Yeah, East yeah. Berlin podcast. Yeah. Still holding out. Mm-hmm. We started in 19... Late 1988. <laughs> mm-hmm. Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's what it was called. Yeah. Down with the worker. <laughs> so, um, let's kind of just start with the basics. How did Super Ego get started? I know it's a kind of broad question, but uh, what, well, what brought you guys together? Uh, well, Matt and I, well, the three of us have known each other for a long, long time. Um, Matt and I have known each other for 15 years, but we had been doing stuff with uh, Channel 101, yeah. which... Uh, you know, it was really fun, but we kind of stopped doing that and took a year where we didn't really do anything. And then, and then about 2006, Matt and I said, well, let's, let's do something again, but not something that is so, so, uh, we're heavily we're labor intensive, labor intensive. Yeah. And, uh, so originally we were at, <laughs> where were we? We were at the O'Malley's Tavern O'Malley's. in Seal Beach. Yeah. I kept thinking it was Taco Surf. Right? No, yeah, we were in O'Malley's. We most nights we were at Taco Surf. Yes. <laughs> yeah, most nights we'd go For your there. dry bean burrito. <laughs> you can thing. hear his eyebrows go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love a, I love a, just a dry bean and cheese burrito. Yeah. Nothing more. Uh, so we were in O'Malley's, and we just, we, originally it was just going to be a, a preacher. We were going to be two preachers. In our first season, there's a, two preachers, and they're just... At church, having, yeah. having a real good time. It's our only serialized segment, right? Unless you count the Brown Squadron, which is only kind of. But yeah, but I mean, every episode in season one has the preachers at the end. Right. Um, we were going to call it a Godcast, and then we realized, oh, you, str- truth is stranger than fiction. That's already been done, <laughs> which leads us to this morning when we were here in this hotel lobby. And someone was having like a laptop internet church. It looked service. like online yeah. church. Yeah, they were yeah, just it was pretty streaming a preacher, and <laughs> and kind of four or five of them just sitting around. I guess if you're were, if you're out of town, it'd be great you if you want to praise him. You can do it. The screen preacher says, "Could you turn around and fellowship with?" 
people there in the hotel lobby. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a godle hangout yeah. thing. <laughs> and do it now. I want you to turn around and minister. <laughs> now. Uh, Check your so, email for your virtual communion. Uh, yes, that was one thing Matt was coming up with was a knee. I'm going to send God a knee mail. Oh, well, I would love to and and a hate knee, to take credit for that. But well, that was yeah. it was another thing where yeah, I went, that already existed. Yeah, yeah. and he, we had no idea. There's this we went to see a taping of Praise the Lord <laughs> at if you're familiar with Trinity Broadcasting Network, the pink-haired lady. That's their flagship show. Tammy Faye, too. Yeah, basically. They even knew them. Yeah. And this this show was no less than two hours in a freezing cold studio. I had to pee so badly. And this preacher's like, you gotta send him an email, I'm gonna cry, and then get real passionate and cry again. But he never really cried. And then Mr. T comes out, no joke, and starts preaching. It was surreal. Wow. Well, so it sounds anyway. like an episode of your show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it influenced the show. Yeah, heavily. I think it, it became, like, that was the thing. I'm like, oh, we should do these preachers. And then that expanded out to, like, I think the boys here, if I'll speak for both of you. Please. Uh, saw the limitations of just doing those two characters. I was like, oh, we do more characters than that. Maybe we should find a way to branch it out a little bit. And yeah. So, and at one point, we were, we were trying to figure out how to uh, couch that, you know, how to make it where there was some kind of framework and, and we talked about you know a bus station like it was a bus that went from one point yeah, like to like a tour guide thing yeah like maybe a, a tour beach. bus or just yeah, just well, a public weird. transit <laughs> that was my idea that was a weird idea well but then you, you came back and said what if we're what if we're doctors psychological doctors and I went yeah I'll yeah. never be a doctor in my life <laughs> so either, be, yeah. really <laughs> if you're closer than I am <laughs> I, I thought yeah let's do that so so it makes your parents sort of proud yeah <laughs> I actually I actually uh, uh, several years ago was talking to a girl who uh, who was a, in marketing she was a bartender and she was also a marketing major huh. and I was <laughs> yeah I know and uh, she uh, she thought I was a real doctor <laughs> And, and, Wait, and I, was she a listener to the show when she got that? No, I was just hitting on her. <laughs> and, and I told her, her I told her about the show. I said, "We, my we friend didn't. and I, my friend Matt and I are acting. We, we're doctors in the show." Yeah. And she was there. So she perked up. She sat with me. You, you know, disavow our association. No, I yeah. didn't. I at yeah. no time said uh, that I am a doctor. I said in the show we play doctors. We say play psychiatrists. Yeah. And. But didn't say I was an actual doctor. That's how I met my girlfriend and my patients. <laughs> and my patients. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, that was it. Then she found out I wasn't a real doctor. Completely blew me off. Adios. But, uh, <laughs> um, that, that cracks me up, that thing of being attracted to a job and not the person. Oh, it was sick. Know? It was yeah. really gross. Well, that- and, Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, it was just, then I sat there and listened to her and two other bartender buddies. The next, this was the next time I saw her talk about the tattoos they were going to get. And I went, yeah, uh, no, I don't need uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm cool. See you later. So the, the, the super ego framework, this whole, uh, the doctor element, was that the, the, the way um, the idea came about? And then you sprang out from there, you realized you needed a framework to kind of wrap around these sketches you were doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was more the framework, and then I think superego was also your idea. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We we knew we wanted to do yeah. something. We just knew we wanted to record 
improvised characters kind of without talking about it we never gravitated towards comic premise ideas just the character was the comedic thing and so basically what Matt and I and and Mark had all done for years to each other get get together in cars yeah we would just drive or bars in cars (laughs) and bars we would just drive our you know whoever we were dating or involved with crazy and it was just understood that it was like revolving straight man of like oh Jeremy's going All right, I'll take the straight man yeah, and and you just do it, and you just do it. Bit. We started recording March. characters before we had ideas, and then uh, I distinctly right. remember recording Shunt for the first time with no discussion. Jeremy just goes, "Press record, let's do this," and he just, you know, like the minute I remember doing that one, I was like, "Well, well we have something," and uh, and then I think it was just a matter of we were collecting a few sketches and then thinking well how can we what's the loosest possible framework we can put this in that everything could fit under but at the same time feel like a comprehensive mm-hmm. framework even though we really don't do much with it's it not, I mean, and yeah I, I find there are times where people get kind of hung up on it it's like where's the doctor stuff like, I'm looking for the doctor it's like really there's four yeah. or five or six sketches like that's what the content is. Those yeah. people, though, are literally retarded people that say that. Though. And they are also yeah. looking for psychiatric help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the episode that I that I just uh, dropped this last week was with a guy I did an interview with, uh, the guys from Illusionoid out of Toronto. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been trying to nug. Yeah, nug, nug Nargag. Nug. Yeah. Best name in pot. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah okay, Nargag. please say it again, because I've been, fi- I go to sleep figuring out how to pronounce well, it. Well, you know Nug's right. Nug, but then his last name it's is Nargag. Like, yeah. N-A-H-R-G-A-N-G. Oh, yeah. Nargang. Yeah. Nargang. Okay. Nug, I'm glad I finally know. I knew Nug, but Nargang <laughs> was the one. You you kept me up at nights. I'm not kidding. I was. Go, I would go, Nargang? But they oh, have, they, so their, their okay. framework is similar in that they do, the only sort of um, element that binds their sketches together is they wanted to have something to do with sci-fi. And then they created this whole sort of end of the universe Mm -hmm. uh, idea that there's this intelligent robot that destroyed all of mankind. And everything we're hearing is like a broadcast from the past. Sure. But it's all just, Uh, none of it has anything to do with that actual framework. So it's kind of interesting to hear that because when you hear the show, you you do hear that, oh yeah, it all kind of fits together. But if you listen to the sketches alone, they have nothing to do with anything else. Nugs seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All three of the guys are really nice. I I had a chance to talk to them, but that was great. But anyway, let's uh, get back to sort of the, the, the way your show sort of came together. Well, we also, I think the characters we were originally doing really did seem like they could fit in a psychological case study. Like, here's antisocial personality disorder, narcissist. And now we're doing things like an X-Wing squadron, and you're like, or, how can yeah, you right, classify or, or that or as a personality right. disorder? And now we're just fucking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we just have pure contempt for the audience. <laughs> Speaking of contempt, I don't know if anybody can hear the man as loud as we are who's on the other side. Oh, I thought the, there was a fifth guy on the podcast. Is, I had no idea. He is just... <laughs> you can, you can hear I don't care. Can I can hear him. He's on a cell phone, and he's actually calling into our show, which is weird. It's, it's pretty strange. strange. We don't take callers. <laughs> I, exactly. We're not lying. I can't but. stand it. I hate people. <laughs> hey, that's the name of my book, by the way. Oh, that's great. I co-wrote a book that came out a couple years ago called Seriously? I Hate People. Yeah, it's a business book about how to deal with difficult people in the workplace. Oh, really? I hate people. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm, I'm going to have to read that one. I'm, I'm yeah. finding I hate people more and more, so I should I'll check send you, yeah, I'll yeah, send you guys copies. How about that? That would be great. Absolutely. Um, uh, 
it's interesting. I, I, I chart um, on Twitter I, the people that use the phrase "I hate people" because mm. I was when we were publicizing the book. I wanted to see if it got mentioned, and so that thing comes up every day. Still, I never turned it off. Oh, and like wow. literally, that phrase is used three hundred times oh, across oh, Twitter sure. oh, a day. Yeah. A day. Yeah. A day. It's it's uh, because there's nowhere to go. We can't escape. <laughs> Ah, we can't right. escape that man. I'm gonna get some coffee. He's just gonna keep sitting. Would you get me a cafe latte? <laughs> <laughs> so while he's away from the table, let's, uh, let's really talk about him. And then, uh, no, just kidding. Oh, that sweater. <laughs> I think uh, another part of the show, the origins of the show that you were asking about. Yes. Uh, Matt and Jeremy and I all have been doing improv in LA and other places professionally for fun and on several different scales and 15 20 years by the i don't know sort of midway through doing all that i think at a certain point we kind of got tired of all right it's friday night it's 10 o'clock i'm gonna right. drive i'm gonna negotiate the traffic of los angeles and get to a theater and i'm excited to do this comedy and then there'd be eight people there yeah and or, or or you'd be doing work for a company that would sort of just go like, all right, here's the lineup for tonight. And you'd be like, I've never met that guy. Like, right. How am I going to yeah. excel at this thing where you need to sort of be able to know where your partners are coming from and their viewpoints? and You have to know each other pretty yeah. well. And, and so, the- so we got, I think there was a, a bit or maybe more than a bit of frustration with we can control this stuff and we don't have to leave that. We can do this right. on a Tuesday afternoon. Right. We don't have to sub- subject ourselves to, um, you know, the, the, there were people in the, in the various companies that one would be committed to being an actor and doing it. And then there were a group of people where it's like, well, I have my day job. This is basically a softball team. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I think, too, the, we, the three of us... I'll, I'll speak for all three of us. I think we just went. If, if these guys were there every time, I'd boy, I'd oh be, yeah, absolutely. I'd be but very that pleased to show up. But then you could just, I don't know. It just seemed like we could never coordinate that for whatever reason, and so eventually it just went. Oh, this is better. Like, yeah, we have a, we have a better time doing this thing than. I'll be but I think we still perform live. And I think that one of one of my favorite things about Super Ego is it's us. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really if you hear the show, you hear that's kind of how we relate to each other. Right. And I think that's uh, that, it, that's why I have no problem uh, kind of branding it and making it our product yeah. because it is completely uh, I completely believe in it I completely trust and love it and, and it that, makes it a little makes hard it, to do other things sometimes because very, I don't yeah. know how to strip away or like what's the word like you're so free to do what you want in Super Ego that it's it's a little hard to go to do some mainstream stuff that you have to oh that's right I have to present something other than what I normally want to be right. in some weird way right, like, like I can't start with an insane idea right yeah because our process is very much like alright process well, I am the biggest asshole <laughs> <laughs> he's over in the corner you're number two <laughs> yeah you're number two come on we'll, he wrote a book about it <laughs> very simply we oh, just, I meant that guy <laughs> no I know <laughs> we'll come up with a simple idea and record we'll record it for 20 minutes 
30 minutes maybe and just cut the best stuff. But it can get insane. Yeah. It can get really crazy. And within the recording of it, while it's going on, we can just go, hey, that's not really working. Or like, let's try, what if we went in this direction? And I, I just think we know each other well enough now that yeah. it's, we don't even question that. It's yeah. a lot of just like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's yeah. do it. There's also another great thing that, that uh, I've had happen more than a thousand times where I will leave you know, recording, and I'll be like, man, I didn't, I didn't hit a thing. I didn't contribute a, a, a damn thing to this. And then Matt will cut it together and go, no, no, you were on. Here, yeah. here, listen to this. Yeah. And you'll go, wow, how did you dig that out of that steaming pile? I nearly chipped away the marble. It was always there. <laughs> he's was he's always the Michelangelo. There. He's, yeah. the, he's the Michelangelo. That's exactly right. That's exactly so, right. Matt, do you do most of the, the cutting by yourself, or do you guys, three guys sit and, and work on it together? Um, I, I do mostly all the editing, and then when, when I'm not sure about something, I take it to them, and I don't think there's ever been a time where I didn't take it to them, and they haven't put it where it needed to be. Like, that's the thing that's nice. And, th- and there have been more than a few times where I don't think something works and they're like no go it does trust me trust me and uh they also it seems to work really well like we we, we step in right when we need to and, yeah i mean you guys can add more to yeah that. no it, it, uh, matt will particularly with his own characters he'll um he'll, he'll kind of doubt he'll be like i don't think that's where it's like there he is back. uh he will he will kind of doubt himself and and we'll be like no you, it, this is great um, it's I not think. a self-loathing thing. It's it's like no, it's I want to make sure that I look better than they do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so you need them to kind of sign <laughs> off on yeah, that, right? <laughs> no, but that, hey, that, I think it's a loss of, of objectivity because it's yeah, it's oh, you totally. and and you don't and especially after you've edited so much, everything begins to probably sound the same. Yeah. Lately, I've been struggling a bit, and uh, mm-hmm. that's probably most of the reason our episodes have been coming out slower because I've just it's harder to meet for me to find a new way to approach something or whatever. So the workload is pretty big. It's bigger now, especially. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. something we set out to do for no workload. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It's because of the, we started gaining a listenership and then felt like we really have to step it up each time and yeah. that pressure becomes... We've also grown quite a bit, I think, in, in that I think the first season of the show there were a lot of sketches that were yeah, not very edited at all. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff that was just like, let's hope the scenes that we improvise together land at an ending, and, and let's that it's one take, we... and that there's not a car driving by, and that there's not a <laughs> right. helicopter flying yeah, right. overhead, and, and then the episodes due out tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but then eventually, with technology increasing and being able to, the editing capabilities became. Yeah, Matt, Matt became really proficient. And the technology became accessible, where it was just yeah. like, oh, we can go in and take out stuff. Because yeah. the first season, if you listen back to it, there's some rough edges around some of that stuff. And but, even just sound quality-wise, yeah. especially, like, it just, yeah, I was surprised. I, I remember at the time thinking, oh, this sounds okay. And then to the level and the equipment that we've gotten to now, and I listen back, it, it sounds pretty raw. Huh. How, how much material do you guys put together uh, on the average for each episode, which then gets whittled down to what we hear? We, well, uh, any given sketch, like Mark said, will be around 20 minutes, between 20 and 30 minutes, probably. 
Because sometimes in the, in those 20 minutes, the first 10 is figuring out what the hell this thing is. Right. Yeah, I also want to put together a reel of rolling, rolling, and there's one person saying rolling while two other people or right. the guests have you are gone, talking. Have you gone to uh, Larry's rolling, Bar? Have you been to rolling. Larry's Bar? Because that place has <laughs> really good fried But the oysters. worst part is that... And then the other person will give up, and then the other people will go, hey, we're rolling. And uh, so there's there's a, a significant amount of time of that. <laughs> and then we, on the average, would probably meet three times, three weeks, one time a week for an episode. So we would record three to four sketches a night. Okay. And so what you end up with about an average of maybe six sketches on an episode. So that's 1.5 a night? Is that right? Yeah. An hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and just to sort of backtrack a little for the audience who may not be familiar with you guys, you guys improvise everything that's being heard. Uh, you don't have any written elements to, uh, to what you're doing. I'm trying to think of any instance of writing. I wrote a sketch that made it on. Which one was that? But then it didn't. I didn't write an ending for it. It was one of the Spider-Man Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Character yeah. sketches. We prepare uh, a tiny bit for our live stuff, but to my knowledge, especially now, that's even gotten less. Yeah, though, yeah. You know, and when and we first with, when we started off, we would we would put notes in our phone and kind of like, okay, yeah. maybe this will work, or here's an idea for this. But now we don't do that. Really. We put we put sketch ideas in our phone, but we just uh, now. I mean, it's loosey-goosey. So, yeah. so I have kind of two different questions regarding that process. When you guys have guests on with you, like if you have Patton Oswalt or someone like that, how did they adapt to your process? I mean, some of them are improvisers. Some of them are just gifted at improvising, although they may not be improvisers. But how do they fold into the flow of what you guys normally do? They, they generally click right away. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very, very game, and they're ready to go. I think I think Matt and I put together an email to like a generic sort of form letter of, hey, here's what to expect and this and then I think we realized this was more in season two. Yeah. I think we realized like nobody's reading this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to throw at someone. What we try to say is, here's what we do. We're going to turn on the mics. We're going to get an idea. We're going to improvise. You can laugh. You can talk. You can you have take another it over. Idea, you can say, it hey, can you stop for a second and yeah. read. We, we even give notes to each other while we're recording. Yeah. We'll say, oh, that was good, but do this line. Yeah. Try this. Because yeah, then you can just cut all that yeah, extra yeah, yeah. stuff out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the guests tend to... I think it's important, too, that a guest has heard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not always and the case. Yeah. But the large majority of the time, they've heard the show, so yeah. I think they understand, okay, yeah. But then they get... They also get a little intimidated. I know there's been a few that have been like, I, "How do you guys do this?" And then the, yeah. within ten minutes of doing yeah. it, they sort of go like, "Oh!" And you can I tell they're it. having a lot of fun, which is the best part. Like yeah. the more we have, more fun we have in the room, the more we're yeah. making each other laugh. Usually, the better the sketch, you know. And it, it is essentially with you know higher grade equipment, just like when you're a kid and you gather around the tape recorder. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you just start making stupid voices and playing around. and That's kind of why we started this. I mean, both yeah, Jeremy and I didn't grow up together, but we both did that. And probably Mark, too. I did, too, yeah. Because I always have said this before, too, that we grew up in the time before 
video cameras were readily available. I had a Super 8 camera, and all I wanted to do was make movies, but it's too expensive. Yes. You, you, like, just to buy a three-minute reel of Super 8 film was too expensive, so audio tape was the next best thing, or you just do a little news report or oh, yeah. yeah I my, loved that one of my yeah, fondest me memories in 8th grade our history teacher had us do medieval radio shows the best teacher he was an amazing teacher he he had us do an interview with a figure from that time so okay. you were the partner so like dead authors kind of yes yeah, wow. you had to do a commercial you had to do commercial for an item that would be so like oh, one of my great. I don't remember what ours That's was really good. I think we did a commercial for the Iron Maiden <laughs> Uh, my friends did a commercial for the cannon. <laughs> Kills them so they're dead. <laughs> you know, eighth grade. And then the best part about the project is he let us put any song, as long as it didn't swear. Yeah. And because we were just conniving kids, like, I, I had three very good friends. Two of us worked on one tape and two of us worked on the other. And we were like, what? What if we put Inagata DeVita on there? And what if we put Cashmere on there? That burns a half an hour of oh, class. Nice. We were yeah. just trying to burn. Funny. I don't know why, because it was such an enjoyable class, but we were just like, ah, that's, then we don't have to yeah. do any work. I was <laughs> just trying to skirt doing more work. Nah. It's so dumb. I keep meaning to put this up, because I have it digitized, but Jeff Davis, who's a frequent guest yeah. on our show, from Whose Line Is It Anyway, in Harmontown, he and I grew up together, and um, we made a video for our eighth grade social studies class, a stop motion video of the Civil War, and it's... G.I. Joe's but with clay over them like Union suits <laughs> of course. but it's as violent as you can like a girl gets shot in the head like an, an antebellum maiden gets shot in the head <laughs> and we're like over the was, she, was she a G.I. Joe in drag? she was Baroness okay it, right. but, but we put like a pink and then she became brainless <laughs> <laughs> and we would do things like stop motion Blood hits and cotton smoke coming out of the thing. <laughs> wow. But so it was horribly violent, and we took it to class. And back in the day, back before Columbine or anything, you could do anything horrible. And oh. Teachers were still like, so clever, so clever, <laughs> so creative. For my, uh, I ran for ASB in high school, and I was big into figuring out how electronic blood packs worked. <laughs> and I figured it out in junior high. And so for my speech, I said, I'm running for publicity. I promised to eliminate bad publicity. I had my buddy walk in with a big paper sign that said bad publicity, and he's just riddled with squibs underneath. In front of the entire class, I pulled out a, a no-red-tipped Mac 11 <laughs> replica machine gun and blew him away in front of the school. And anything I heard from teachers was so thought, so creative. <laughs> wow. So creative. You could never do that today. No. No, in fact, it sounds like you established a certain pattern that was picked up by others. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I put Matt Gorley, responsible for tragedy. <laughs> Matt Gorley for president. So my other question about your process is when you do something like when you guys teamed up with Thrilling Adventure Hour and did your crossover series, uh, how did that work with you guys folding your improv into written material? It was actually large. They had an yeah. idea. They yeah. wrote uh, an outline of an idea, but there wasn't an actual script. Oh, yeah. So we would yeah. improvise for about five, ten minutes, and then we'd go to Ben Acker and Ben Blacker and go, okay, wait. and they'd go, well, okay, now this needs to happen. And we go, okay. And we'd go back and turn the recording <laughs> yeah. equipment on and do it again. Five, ten minutes. And we'd, so here we go, okay, what else do you need? He goes, okay, well, this needs to happen. And, so there, and then it would just be cut up into the various 
uh, episodics yeah. episodes. Was that a fun project to work on? Oh, yeah. It was. It was very fun. It also got us working with some guests we probably wouldn't normally have with Super Ego, which oh. was nice. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I was a huge fan of the show beforehand. Super Ego? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just really happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thrilling adventure guys are just so good. I mean, we did their show last night. God, that writing is just oh, like oh, it just crackles. Here's the thing about it's that show: unbelievable. And I think every person, guest included, especially the main cast, they are so funny and so nice and so smart. And that rare combination that just seems to inhabit this small world of comedy, and that's why I love doing this because I think both. Jeremy and I have talked about this before. We kind of like, I don't know if we can really handle this quote-unquote Hollywood type of comedy and acting and yeah. commercials. It's yeah. just tiresome. And then this whole world opened up to us, and these people have been fantastic. Yeah, I had that same conversation. I just, uh, with my fiance, she was just like, I said, like, everybody that we meet is to a man and woman. They're all these wonderful, nice people. I'm like, where, yeah. where are the Hollywood dicks? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? Don't yeah. tell me where they are. Yeah, I don't, don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't it must know. be us, then. We're it's real. Oh, good. My wife's four friends. Oh. Um, and her family. Um, <laughs> we're not married. Uh, <laughs> and she doesn't have a family. <laughs> and she doesn't know that we're not married. Um, yeah, they're all very super, beyond sweet. You know, it's yeah. just... Uh, I love this. Uh, we went to uh, a gentleman's house who had a cast party after the thrilling adventure, and, and he was so nice and considerate of everyone that there was this huge spread in his living room. It's, he has a pool, and he, has, he he was like, did you bring swimming trunks to go swimming? And he has some people like, oh, no, I didn't. And he's like, oh, well, I've got a various sizes over here. <laughs> bucket of A bucket of sunscreen ranging from uh, 10 to uh, 89, <laughs> Not 300. To the mas masseuse or masseur. Uh, yeah. Get a massage wow. that you hired for oh, the day. It was unreal, wow. the, the level yeah. of kindness just like, does it, does it, is it too much sun for you? He had, like, straw cowboy hats. Yeah. Enough for 500 people, it seems. <laughs> it was just, it was super nice. It was George W. Bush. Yeah. And I would have <laughs> never Only drawback. Yeah. Only drawback. Never would have guessed it. And then he chased us all out with an axe when he got drunk. <laughs> but, yeah, the, working with them, it, the other thing I was saying, I had to talk to my parents after, this morning after doing the shows, and my mom didn't, she's like, oh, she doesn't know throwing adventure yet she knows of it but yeah. hasn't, it's not part of her world I, I doubt she can operate a smartphone very well she's going to listen to this now and yell at me um, <laughs> on a smartphone but she said is the thrilling adventure show improvised too and I was like it is the polar opposite of improvised I mean it is yeah. so tightly written and well produced I mean that was a thick that was a thick script you guys were toting around on stage oh, yeah. last night. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact and that's the other thing too to Acker and Blacker's credit is they crank these things out, man. And and they're yeah. and they're high quality. And so when I got that script, I guess what, a week or two ago when we when we got the email of that script, 
It's 180 pages. <laughs> for, both shows, this, right? for both shows. Yeah, I'm oh, still. wondering just like their paper printing costs alone <laughs> have to be part of what their Kickstarter campaign had to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those little ring things that hold them yeah. together. We, that, I love that last night because we did two shows last yeah. night and they said, please take the ring from the first show and put it on the, the second. second. Yeah, yeah. And I completely understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But uh, yeah, and then you read it and you're out there and you're like, God, this is solid gold. This is really funny, fun. Well, they love working with you guys. I, I had uh, Ben Blacker on as my guest uh, a few episodes ago, and he really I asked him the question about the, the joint project you guys did, and he really had fun working with you guys, too. Yeah, so nice. yeah. obviously yeah. a little mutual uh, appreciation fan club going on, which is great. Yeah, it's very fun. Really enjoyable. So, then, where are you guys from uh, individually? You know, where'd you grow up? That sort of thing. We'll just kind of go around the table. Where, where uh, start. I'm from Whittier, California. I've heard this, so I'm going to get some coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm going to put a new element in. Great. Yeah. We'll listen to the podcast. I'm from Whittier by way of Tokyo, Japan. Come back. <laughs> I don't know how those guys got it. I don't understand what happened. I don't know. Uh, I'm from Whittier, and I, I grew up there until I finished high school, then I went to college in Long Beach, and I lived there until just recently, and I finally moved to L.A. Okay. Fought it for a long time. That's uh, it's quite a haul, but it's kind of where you yeah. have to be if you're going to be doing yeah. stuff on a regular basis, yeah. right? And I, I teach at Long Beach City College. And, oh, okay. Uh, what what it, do you teach? I teach theater, acting, uh, and film editing. Hmm. Um, but between you and me, and this is, no one's going to ever hear this, right? Uh, probably not. Okay. Uh, I didn't mean you don't have listeners. I just mean you're not putting this up. <laughs> oh, it'll go up, okay. but I don't have listeners. <laughs> I don't know if I should have been teaching that film editing class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, it got to the point where I was working more in L.A. than at the school, so now I commute to the school rather than... Oh, okay. And how often do you teach at the school? Uh, depends per semester. I also teach at Riverside College, so oh, uh, okay. but most of that's online. So I, I'm usually down there regularly two nights a week at Long Beach, and then occasionally if I'm directing something, three or four times a week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's still talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I be, because there's three of you, I guess I won't get into depth of, uh, about your childhood, thing like that, but... Uh, I was born in a hospital, which is now a retirement home. <laughs> That's a real package to play kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get in the yeah. back. You get the full the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on back. We'll see you in however many years. Good luck. But where'd you grow up? Uh, Kansas City. Oh, okay. Uh, and, Missouri uh, or Kansas? Uh, I grew up. Here's. The th- I was just explaining this to uh, Kevin Murphy last night. Name dropping. <laughs> You're explaining name dropping to Kevin. Yeah, uh, he's so sweet him. that he had no idea what that is. And I said, "Oh, it's simply uh, by name dropping, elevating your own status above whoever you're talking to." Um, uh, I, uh, what was I saying? Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas? Oh, okay, so Kansas City, Kansas, uh, and um, I claim the Missouri side, Kansas side. But I, I claim the Missouri side because, uh, the can, you know, Kansas City is, there's the Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. It's just separated by the river. Sure. It's all the same right. city. But, um, Kansas City, Missouri is where the theaters and the museums are. Okay. And, you know, orchestras in the park play in the summertime. Kansas City, Kansas is where the pawn shops and my dad's relatives stay between prison sentences. <laughs> so I claim the Missouri side. <laughs> 
Excellent. And uh, how long uh, were you there before you uh, migrated to California? Uh, I was 25 when I moved here. Okay. Uh, so 97. Uh, so I've been here. I, I feel pretty well, uh, almost acclimated to California. And were you involved in, in improv in Kansas? Yes, I did comedy sports in Kansas City. I did that for five years, and I met a lot of wonderful people. Uh, actually, everybody that I ever really needed to meet, I met through comedy yeah. sports. It's I'm Robert still Fulgen friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm a theater sports guy. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I read uh, Keith Johnstone's book, and, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I was with uh, Seattle Theater Sports when it first started coming down from Kansas. Uh-huh. Sort of uh, leaked under the door from, from uh, sorry, from Canada. From Canada. From Canada. From Canada. Uh, so did you know Pat Short? I knew Pat and actually got to also play with um, with uh, Ryan Stiles because he was oh. in the Vancouver team. Oh. And so they would come down and play us once a year. So we're all comedy sports. So how do you feel about that? Because my understanding was that comedy sports kind of ripped off theater sports, That's right? That's what my understanding Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we fully know well, I think the owner and, and inventor, quote unquote, of comedy sports would cop to it. Yeah, probably. Totally. Yeah. He, he has. I think he, he has. has, has said, oh, yeah, we just ripped off. Yeah, and I mean, Keith Johnstone stuff, I mean, you know, Impro's a great book, and it, but some of, some of his strident teaching ideas about improv always kind of got to me. It was, always, it was never supposed to really be fun. Yeah, you know? yeah, there was that. Yeah. And there was a militaristic sense. sense. Yeah. I do yeah. think Dick Chetnow's Dick Chetnow's idea was like, let's, let's just have a good time with this yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, Spole and stuff. Because I, I used to run a house group at the San, old Santa Monica Improv before it had a fire and closed. Hmm. Um, and at one point, we were the house improv group uh, called the Bargain Basement Players. and Because uh, it was downstairs. And then they started letting the Spolen players play there. And they're the, you know, diehard, you know, it's all, this is all just about improv. It has nothing to do with comedy. Shouldn't be right. funny. And I said, well, you're in a comedy club, though. What, what the audience is expecting to right. have last. That's the myth, Mark. And then, and, then, and then at one point they said, well, we're doing more stand-up now, so we've got to put you guys both on the same night. And I said, wait a minute, you want to have three hours of improv with us and the Spolin players? And who has to follow who? Yeah. And so, I couldn't take the Spolin players. They were just too... I mean, they're great improvisers, but we, they're just... Not funny. It ma- yeah, <laughs> no, that matters, and it, it does. does. And that same thing about to me, what really matters is nice people. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's something about someone, no matter how funny they are, if you can tell that they have a certain amount of contempt for the audience, or they take themselves too seriously, mm-hmm. or somehow, either through insecurity or actual superiority, think they're better than you. Like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're having some issues within the group. I see. They just started right this second. Did you hear what he said? <laughs> I think I did. We'll play it back. Uh, but that's hard. It's I hard. hate people. I, I remember seeing Counting Crows play. and a Hilarious band. <laughs> Those really guys funny. could improvise comedy like you can't believe. Never touched an instrument. The <laughs> opposite, though, surprisingly, Bare Naked Ladies are not that funny. <laughs> but great Except at their name. just doing funnier name. God, I love that. We were just talking about this the other night. Um, uh... <laughs> oh, Matt is perking right on up. I just uh, love he loves, the bare, he loves the bare naked ladies. Cross test dummies. But we're talking. I like the name bare naked ladies because it sounds like a ten year old who, who just went. You know what? If I know this, if we go over there now, there's bare naked ladies. You know that it's it's only now that I feel like I can come out of the closet with that because 
They, those gr- groups get such a bad rap, but now there's such a kind of ironic 90s pop music wave yeah. coming well, through. Well, it's almost that. 20 years. Yeah. It, it seems exactly. like the thing's yeah. 20 years old. And the, like, like, people 20 years younger than me are like, yeah, man, I get it. We both like this band. And yeah. They don't understand that. You were there. And I really liked them. Yeah. yeah I really, really, I really liked, liked them. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's time to move on. <laughs> Listen to something from at least 2003. Let me, let me, let me guess, guess what you were going to say about Kanye Gross. Yeah. Great musicians that take themselves so seriously. Yeah, Adam Duritz. It's like yeah. he couldn't talk on the mic because he was so sad all the time. <laughs> oh. You're not singing Morrissey here. I mean, come on. Appreciate, like, I guess my feeling is, like, appreciate that you have an audience. When we, when we do a show and we have an audience, it's Thrilling to see those people out there. I'm come delighted. to see this bullshit that we're doing. <laughs> right. This outright bullshit. Friends, for years, Henderson's Pants has been saying that we offer stylish lower body wear for every member of your family. Well, it's time to come clean. That hasn't been exactly truthful. Sure, Henderson's offered pants for mom and dad, brother and sister, even baby. But what about Fido and Fluffy, the dogs and cats of this great country? Aren't they members of the family too, you ask? Well, they are now. With Henderson's Pet Pants, your favorite furry friend doesn't have to be bare-assing around the house any longer. With more colors and fabrics than you can fetch a stick with, pets now have no excuse not to be putting on the dog or cat when it comes to stepping out in style. And Henderson's Pet Pants are not just limited to your pooch or pussy. Birds, fish, lizards, we are complete petophiles at Henderson's, and we have just the pant no matter what your companion persuasion. Whether you want to see your Dalmatian in denim or your Persian in petal pushers, we've got it. That squawking cockatiel in corduroy, goldfish in gold lame, or Komodo dragon in khaki, oh, we've got it. Hendersons can even lock your livestock up in stylish trousers. Imagine Porky's ham hocks in herringbone or your frisky llama in linen. We've got that too. Originally designed for petting zoos, furry conventions, and the Bohemian Grove, Henderson's Pet Pants are now available truly for the first time for the entire family. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1896, and now back to Suckatash. All right, let's take a break so I can peek into the tweet sack. Let's see what we have in there. Here's a reminder from Combat Radio's Ethan Detmeyer that I will be a guest on his show live on Friday morning, February 22nd, when I'm down in Los Angeles. Also, an invitation from Caleb Bacon to record an upcoming episode of his new Man School podcast, if we can work out a time to do that. I'm also doing an interview with Groucho Marx for the Random Variety Show podcast this week. I'll let you know when that's going to drop. We got several clips in from podcasts this week, but because of our special guest, Super Ego, I will slot them in for next week's show. So you can expect to hear clips from the OK Hypothetical podcast, the Three Pleasant Gentlemen podcast, and a return from Snitch and Lins. Got a letter from a friend, James Mogavero, who sent a link to me, Eddie Pepitone, Rick Overton, Jimmy Dore, Lee Camp, David Feldman, and Carlos Alas Rocky. You may have heard about this. It's a story all about this patent troll thing that's going on where podcasters are getting threatening letters from attorneys representing a company that claims to hold the patent on, quote, apparatus for disseminating a series of episodes represented by media files via the Internet as said episodes become available, unquote. 
Could that be more vague? They're talking about podcasts. I'll post the link on our home site to the blog for this episode. So go up to, to SuckatashShow.com. Check that out. Um, there's, uh, there's, I think uh, Adam Carolla got a letter from these guys, and uh, they're basically looking to get some money, uh, claiming that we as podcasters are using this uh, patent, which is bizarre. Incidentally, I mentioned Caleb Bacon's new podcast, Man School. I am reviewing it for This Week in Comedy Podcasts up on Splitsider just this week, so go check that out. It'll be up starting Thursday. I'm going to close out this edition of the Tweet Sack with the handles of people who said nice things about Succotash this week. So thanks to SFJ.com, that's the Sweet Feathery Jesus Podcast Boys, St. Paul Rock City, Dead Man underscore Walking, HRH underscore Tommy Royal, Barker Podcasts, Man School Show, Combat Radio, Brit and American, Don't Quit Your Day, Eric Furness, Mental Poison, The Half Scoop, Seth D. Wright, The D Head Factor, Hal Lublin, Stand Up Chronic, Holes in Seattle, Jagged Podcasts, TH After Dark, and the underscore rvs underscore podcast so that's the tweet sack for this week let's get back to super ego with matt jeremy and mark first i'm going to play another sketch from their most recent episode case study nature doodles community art class schizoid personality disorder help yourselves to a chair thank you i'm dan gertz your art teacher hi now mr anderson has a real case of parlor deck so i'm going to be sitting in And today is a very exciting day because all of you are going to be meeting our life model, Monty. Hey, guys. Hi. Wow. Monty, introduce yourself to the class, please. Everyone, just be quiet. Uh, I'm Monty. Uh, I live in Culver City. and uh, uh, I, I don't want to interrupt, but we're not going to be nude drawing, are we? He's a problem student. What I find sets a lot of people at ease is if we just hold and maintain eye contact for not more than 20 minutes before we get started. Mm-hmm. Just so you see into my eyes, you get to know me as a person. The uh, the folds, the valleys, certain areas that are you know maybe moister than others, it's warm in here. They don't make you as uncomfortable. Mm, Neruda. I recognize it, Monty. Mm. Class, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, Shut up. You go first. Well, uh, I'm Linda, and I drew a little in high school, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, I had four children, and uh, they're all grown and off to college, and I thought I'd just get back into it. Very nice. Now you can go chatterbox. Uh, I'm Frank. I have to admit, I've never done anything like this before. I usually do uh, do a lot of illustrations with my hand for like a turkey-shaped thing, and it just cracks my family up, and they encourage me to come take an art class. Frank, you're rambling on again. Sorry. Well, we've come to my favorite part. Monty, please do the honors. Sure, I'll, I'll uh, part my kimono, and uh, I guess we can get started. Wow. Yes, Linda, yes. Oh. Let the wow wash over you. Uh, you know, part of the problem is that he, he's so close, and this is a tiny room. I like it. You're getting closer. I haven't moved. I keep scooting up our table. Mm. I'm 53. I, I need to get closer just to oh, see. Oh, come on. No, you don't. Frank. Just sharpen that pencil and get sketching. The pencil sharpener's on the other side of Monty. I don't well, Picasso couldn't draw with that. Excuse me, Monty. The bandage that I have on my abdomen here, I'd say include that. What happened? Uh, I'm the master of my domain, and if Coyote thinks he's going to steal my lunch, then I'll garrote him with a piano wire. See, now I feel like you can relate to that, because I just saw the gray with Liam Neeson. Frank, this is a drawing class. We are not allowed to talk about films, okay? I'm going to put on some of this soothing music. Everyone take a deep breath. 
sense your hand wrapping around Monty's burly, sinewy frame. All right. Take that hand, wrap it around a pencil, begin to sketch. I need a bigger pencil. Quietly sketch. Uh, uh, I just need to sharpen my pencil. Excuse me. Could I lift or part anything for you so you could have a better idea of the contours? Monty, if you could lean into the light a little more. Is that better? You're really porous. Thank you. I'm going to move the pencil sharpener closer to the light. You know, funny, Linda, you look like a camp counselor that I had at a sailing camp. Do go on. She was older, wiser, world-weary, terribly ugly, but uh, a lot of world knowledge. Keep trying. You know, not every lesson comes from a teacher. Not every lesson comes from a mouth. Oh, well, I'm taking off my sweater. It is toasty. Please, everyone, go into detail on your paper. A lot of my more erotic drawings at home I'll do on butcher paper. You're an artist as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not the de facto teacher here, but I'm like a teacher. I'm, I'm better than you. Who would like to use the electric pencil sharpener now? Linda, how many times have I asked you to sharpen before class? I am so sorry. I just want to... It isn't difficult, Linda. I'll muffle it with my dress. This has become a problem. Well, Linda, I'll tell you what. If you use electricity in here, it's going to uh, interrupt my vinyasa flow. Could you use my dagger, please, to sharpen it? Be careful. Well, here, let me take it out of my scabbard. Monty, don't move. Frank is doing so well. Linda's quietly grab that. You may approach. Don't move quickly. Frank, keep trying. I'm here. Very uncomfortable. Linda, maintain eye contact with me. Do not move quickly. If you move quickly, I might have a flashback to the coyote situation, and I will turn your head around backwards 180 degrees, and you will drop like a stone. Frank, Monty is not a turkey. I'm a human man. Yes, you are. I shop for meat. I'm doing pointillism like we learned last week. Good, Frank. Look at this, Monty. I don't mean to cry in front of you, but Frank, you're drawing. No mirror has ever captured me before like that. I'm looking at your art right now. I'm looking at your truth. All three of my orifices of automoison. Oh, God, come on. Am I in the canvas? Is the canvas in me? Please stop. What are you? What are you? Jesus. Oh, dear God, Linda's frozen. Listen, I forgot to mention at the top of class, I have to pick up my kids from laundry practice, and, uh... My assistant, Carmi, is blocking the door from the outside. You won't be able to exit. What? Yeah, yeah, not until we're done. Standard life model procedure. I'm not a prisoner. There's 43 minutes left on the clock, and until the clock strikes the nine bongs, then you remain here. You're not a prisoner, but you're a servant to the muse. Respect the art. You're just a hired hand, and you can't tell me where I have to stay. Monty and I read the Bhagavad Gita together. And the contract that I signed to work here was signed in ink that we made in the Maldives. I'd like to be part of your brotherhood. Women are not allowed. But you can still live with us. Just keep drawing. I just feel so uh, violated right now. That's what art is. I'm going to begin to emit a pheromone that, that'll really set you at ease. Oh, God. All right, I'm going to count to 11, and then I'll begin emitting the pheromones. Why 11? Well, that's how long it takes. Why don't you just count to 10 at a slower pace? 9, 10, 11. Don't watch this part. Oh, my God. Frank, do not look. Oh, oh, my God. Frank, stop looking. Oh, Oh, my God. Now, Frank, how do you feel? I f- feel like my teeth went through puberty. Welcome to Enchantment. Now, how, f- how often do you guys do a live show? Uh, once, once a month. Uh, sometimes, sometimes a little more, but yeah. usually it's a, a monthly show. We seem yeah. to keep it once a month, so we'll do one in L.A. once a month, and if we do it out of town, we'll maybe take L.A. off. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And where are you, you performing, UCB? Or yeah. yeah. Okay. 
and uh, that's been really great. In fact, uh, we were talking the other day, Matt was mentioning this is the year anniversary, because we'd done two live shows. We did one in 2008 and one in 2009. And they were like straight up sketch comedy yeah, shows. Yeah, we had props. And, and planned a lot more. And uh, so we went, you know what, let's, again, in the interest of making things less... Uh, when you, yeah. when you take the el- the evolution of this live show, oh. it has pared down oh, immensely. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah. to its credit, yeah, yeah. performance wise too, because last Sketchfest last year was the first time we really started this version of Super Ego Live, and we, Jesus, we drove up with a mainframe with Hal. <laughs> it was it's the thing that we call the Crippler. Yeah, we do because yeah. it's. Oh, I, it's got to be seventy pounds. I yeah, mean, no, it it's is, what we use to record. It's our home recording room. Yeah, yeah. but it's but it's it's three rack units: a mic preamp, a compressor limiter, and a firewire converter. All and a monster in a, in a rack that's part of a bag. Oh, but it's a shoulder strap. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we call it the cooler. Oh, no yeah, good way to hold it. No. <laughs> and we had a lot of tech issues with feedback because we were running effects off GarageBand, and then Marky came in and streamlined that whole process. Yeah. Like yeah. Like a ladybug, <laughs> you know. The streamliners of nature. <laughs> they are. They're God's architects. God's architects. So, Mark, what about your background? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, do we have to? Wait, we didn't finish Nobody with mine. Wants to hear about Mark's background. Everybody. You want to get a couple of coffee? <laughs> and maybe talk to a, a, a couple of coffee and maybe talk to a prostitute. <laughs> about. I can't finish the thing. All right, go, Mark. I grew Jeez, up. Jesus uh, Christ. We all grew up. <laughs> Some of us didn't. I grew they up keep in, telling how they grow up. I grew up in Hudson, Wisconsin. Okay. The, the Kansas side or the Missouri side? Well, funny you say that. It's the Not Wisconsin side of the Twin that. Cities. It's oh, the okay. first suburb. It's, it's like, like a suburb of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Sorry I made you go last. It's fine. <laughs> it would have happened to anyone of us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we should make that a rule. Whenever we have to tell three-person stories, the that you have to fight to go first because <laughs> the third person will get harangued. Uh, and then I went to college at Madison University of Wisconsin. <laughs> No, go on. No, I'm done. I think I've done. No, I don't think you are. Hi. Can I tell you about my life in real time? (laughs) While I live tweet it. (laughs) That was your character for the middle head of the uh, three headed dog last night, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, Yeah. one of my four characters. We say that that a lot. We say that we only have those. Three or four voices each. Yeah, I'm having trouble with that lately. I can't find a new character to sit in my. I, I will find one. Uh, usually, I have a five-year-old son, so I, I will find a character and then I'll completely forget about it when we get to a show or a recording. I'll be like, "Oh, that was funny. What in the hell did I do?" That's something that uh, Robert Ben Grant from Reno 911. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine saw him do like a speech or something at a school. Like I feel like it was. Oh, it's Mark Aguilarity from Tony Adventure. Oh yeah. They went to the same high school, so Robert Van Grant came back after doing the state long ago, and somebody asked him for advice, and he said, write every idea down. 
Even if you think it's the dumbest idea. I do that with and, smartphones. And it's we, nice. Yeah, it's really been great to be able, and I know, like, I'll come up with character stuff, and that's the hard stuff. Yeah. Like, if I just come up with an idea, like I wrote down the other day, I wrote down Tokyo Driftwood. <laughs> yeah, that's it's what such most a of dumb our sketch ideas have become these weird phrases that mean nothing. Fabric, like fabric hardener. <laughs> that was, yeah, that oh, yeah, made yeah, me wet myself. Sure, just yeah. I just yeah, went, yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny, but then if you get a voice in your head, it's like, I guess you can record it and try to do it again. Yeah, but it's not. Well, I was talking to Hal Lublin about that very thing, about the character voices, and he said if he bases a character voice off a celebrity impression, which he says he doesn't do impressions very well, but he'll use what he does of uh, an impression. Right. Right. That he can always remember. Right. But yeah. if he tries to make it up out of whole cloth, he can never mm. kind of... He yeah. always has to record it, so it remember is really, what he did. It's it is really yeah. fun, too. Like I just, I'm thinking about, like, it's fun to think this way too of like I'm gonna do like what if Brad Pitt was playing Don Knotts <laughs> do that no I I'm just yeah, saying, I want to hear her now oh. <laughs> I just like, like no, I like you're to not think getting away I'm doing it if I try <laughs> you got the Don Knotts I don't hear it I was very cool when I did it though oh that's uh, yeah. true yeah he was a little grotee for a grotee a grotee <laughs> A you don't team. understand, Mark. What, what I've been through <laughs> I under, the past I, three days. I, I think I do understand. <laughs> do you? I, well, I sense it. I feel it. I feel it. Uh, uh, another uh, friend of the show uh, is uh, Dana Carvey, who I do a lot of work with. Oh, sure. oh right. wow. And he talks about, uh, when I've asked him about it, because he'll come up with original character voices, and he makes it up out of celebrity impressions. Mm. And he says, well, I take like a dash of like Robert Shaw. And, oh I, and then I start just kind of, and he'll, he'll, he'll like throw three people together, Matt and then just yeah, Matt oh Science. yeah, and then cool. that way he can easily recreate what it was right. as soon as he remembers what he used to put the component pieces together. Cool. You know? I yeah, I think that lines a little more like Hal's and as far as uh, like Shunt McGuffin is just me trying to do a Waylon Jennings impression, <laughs> okay, and then mix with a little bit of my grandmother. So, so I use actually some impressions from from my personal life. That's okay. why I do a lot of. Spacey uh, female <laughs> characters, because <laughs> between my mom and my grandma and and you know lots of people, I've <laughs> I've just well no I don't you know this kind of passive aggressive uh, uh, flightiness but very sweet. Okay, we've talked about me. That's fine. Excellent. Um, we didn't get to where your sort of formative element came oh, from. Oh, God. Oh, we're going back <laughs> Sorry, there. I just got to get that much out of you, and then we'll, we'll get you off uh, the hot seat. I went to University of Wisconsin and, and did... <laughs> I did comedy sports in that. 76 term burns! Mark, I'll call you on Skype later, and we'll just kind of fold it into the rest of the... No, I decided that's where I... <laughs> Did and they that comedy sports is no longer around, but we we weren't doing. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> okay, well, let's we weren't. Ha! <laughs> we were not. Fourth score. <laughs> Oh, gentlemen, the time of life is very short. To spend that short in space, I'm worried about Mary, George. <laughs> That's my Downton Abbey. <laughs> it's, it's not mine at all. It's Amanda's. You should hear Amanda do the impression of the mom from Downton Abbey. <laughs> I'm worried about Mary, George. <laughs> 
Uh, ask her when we go to lunch. So, so what about your background? background? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, spit it out. Uh, that, comedy sports has this reputation of doing two, three minute, two or three minute scenes, and then it's on to the next one. We were doing 15, 20 minutes. I think we just were doing, we were just improvising. Yeah. That's all so, I guess, so you're doing long form in a short form environment. Yes. Uh, our, our sort of artistic director was very keen on if this if it's good and it doesn't need to end there's no reason yeah, that's nice. that the constraint of that time it, it, it was very formative for me because I think it just made me go like oh god there's a bigger world out there and that's time you've earned three seconds of stoppage time you'd be right in the middle of a sub <laughs> depending on who the, who the referee was yeah. for the match and then it's a guy who just he's like nope it says three minutes on the stopwatch and then there it is cut or, or more likely it would be like Oh God! Five minutes. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, like, I don't care if you're in the middle of the greatest thing you've ever done right. in your life. And you know what? The big reveal is my child is. Wait, yes, tweet. Oh, oh God. Uh, then I moved to LA in 2002. Okay. And you guys, uh, again, just to kind of come back around to where you guys start. What what year did Super Ego kind of get started? 2006. 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. March of 2006. Uh, coming up on our seventh anniversary. Ooh. Wow, do you believe is leather? <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget it. <laughs> Send us some chips, and what are you doing to your ring finger? I'm saying put a leather ring on it. <laughs> if you like it, you better kill it, skin it, tan it, make braid it, out of it, and make me an honest woman. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> so, uh, where do you guys see uh, Super Ego evolving to? Uh, you do, doing live shows, you do make a start. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see you guys, see you guys doing video or animated elements or anything like that? Well, <laughs> where's your lips? <laughs> We just went through a round of television pitches that went not even next to nowhere. They just landed right on nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was an interesting couple of months yeah. pitching the CD because we, we, we just think, think it's perfect to animate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really. And it's like most people we don't some... go in thinking their show's any good. And we're like, ours is good. And they still didn't want it. Yeah. yeah it, was weird. <laughs> it was weird. We, we have, have some, some animation that's been yeah. done. And uh, some that's being done. And some that yeah. is being done. But, uh... Oh, we, uh, we're uh, doing a web series for Thing X, the, yes. the yeah. former Onions. Onions? Onions? <laughs> that, that Onioneers. Rod on Beverly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and they picked up, for for right now, two of our sketches that have been animated for release that'll be coming out, this I think, this week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we have uh, yeah, the Journeyman album, which oh, we've yeah, been yeah. talking about for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And I literally have an email from 2009. Regarding oh, the journey, oh yeah. God, yeah, isn't that isn't that horrible? But honest to God, all the recordings done, and we yeah. go. I think we're going on the tenth to do our final mix. I, I thought, thought it was the fourth. fourth. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we got it written down. Yeah. 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 For 2016, right. right? Yeah. And just talk briefly about what the Journeyman album. The Journeyman album is Shunt McGuppin, Mutt Taylor, 
uh, Matt's character, Mike Taylor, Chef McGuff and my t uh, character, and, and Kelby Lauterborn, Mark Taylor, and our uh, uh, producer and drummer and bass player and piano player and everything else, James Bladen, Jimmy Blades. Jimmy the Blades. Uh, I, work, I work with knows Jimmy really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Alan Jimmy's Clark. Oh, I know Alan Clark. I've done Shakespeare with him. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he works at wow. the same company I do. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, have we... I can't remember if he and I actually... We did, right? <laughs> what? Dave? Did the show together? Oh. Yeah, we did 12... 12? Well, we are all... Uh, country, like 70s, a lot of country music fans, and so I think Shunt is certainly based out of that. And there's yeah, a, uh, Shunt is a cross between uh, Waylon Jennings and, and um, Hank Williams Jr. I was going to play some on my phone, but if you want, I'll just email you one or two. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll put, I'll, I'll put it in during the show. That'd be better great. fidelity or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's close. We're, we're hoping for, God, we've been saying this for years, but we're hoping for the next couple of months, too. It's, 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 it's astounding how amazing home recording has been, obviously for the comedy aspect that we've been able to put something out and publish it every month and send it out. And then when it comes to doing music at home, for some reason, we just we keep going like, oh, let's fix this, let's tweak that, let's record this. Let's, because you have the sort of liberty to say, let's get that better, or let's go back in. And, you know, and you're not eating up money on studio time. It's, it's, or tape. Right, right. Yeah. So... That, but it's, it's taken longer than I think we thought it would. But, but the songs have also are all uh, like some of them. Some of mine are from the podcast that yeah. just improvised mm -hmm. and then fleshed out masses as well. But yeah, we're all we were original. Yeah, sorry, I cut you off. No, you didn't. We played the album as our pre-show music for the show last night. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't think anybody noticed. I don't think they noticed either. <laughs> We just played it backstage. They couldn't. <laughs> and with headphones. Yeah. Are there any elements that people listen to Super Ego can listen to that uh, sort of with your sort of insider knowledge, things you guys do that are just kind of for you that oh, you guys think are fun? That, There's got to be. Well, I think a lot of the things start that way, like the I'm a woman. I'm thing. a woman. Do you, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I still to this day don't know exactly which sketch it is. Maybe the first bingo. And it, was it you or Paul? I think it was Paul. Was it Paul? I don't I can't know. remember. The thing, the story behind that, and so this phrase pops up in a lot of our sketches. I'm a woman. It's because when we step up to the mic, whatever voice we're doing individually, we have a clear picture of what that person looks like, breathes right. like, eats, whatever. And you find yourself doing three, four, ten minutes into a sketch. And, and it's the sketch of like, I can't sell you tickets, tickets were sold out. Yeah. The other person Sir, I'm going to ask you to leave. I'm a woman. Yeah, the, uh, the whole time that there was a complete gender reversal. And so, but it's never, I'm a man. It's never, I'm a man. It's never, I'm a man. I'm a woman. Because it's, it's obvious, obvious you're a man. In but reality, like, it's obvious you're a man. You sometimes it's not as funny. Say, no, but I don't even think we're trying to be funny because never. <laughs> no, it's because it's we're totally. You're right. We're, we're totally locked into. No, I'm a woman. Yeah. It's clarification. Stupid. I'm a and it's just always mad. I'm a woman. That tends to happen a lot when you have guests. I notice because yeah, they, yeah. Can't, they can't read you guys like yeah. you guys read each other. Yeah, it's funny to be too that it is clarification. And it's genuine. It's like, the character I'm doing is a woman. But then there's also, we could edit that out. Yeah. But we don't. It's uh, yeah. stuck because it was so funny the yeah. first couple times. And then, I'm a woman. I'm a, I'm a woman. Like, how dare you? Yeah. 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 Um, um, also something that 
I don't, a certain um, small, small group of people have figured oh, out yeah. is that every episode from season three, episode three on, has a hidden Easter egg in it. And if you know what to listen for, or I'll say look for, it will lead you to a hidden portion of our website that gives you bonus content. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. That will give people something to, something to do. Yeah. yeah. So Some of them are more complicated than others. And season, episode 3-3, three, three, came, it came out of that organically because of something one well, of the like, characters said what? that seemed like, oh, this seems like directions on what you should do if you're listening. That's oh, like, I'll just say that. Okay. Yeah. I love its build-up. I'm fighting so hard not to you say it. Say well, it. no, I'll say it. And if you, if you Google it just right. <laughs> Google it just right. Like, like you have to physically position you have to navigate. Oh, I gotta, I gotta set the words right in the, in the search box. To, there it is. There's a, now, let's see what happens. There's an episode in the latest Louie season where uh, he's just like home he's at, I can't remember what it is but he's watching the news and the two news anchors names are these ridiculous I think the woman's name is Fran Chapchanter oh yeah yeah and she has a Twitter handle and I was like oh my god he's doing it too like people are doing it but I just I think that is a really funny idea of is he putting easter eggs? No, I checked it and I was like, oh god. Or I think it was she had an email address. And I was like, did he register friendchapchander.com or whatever? It was an insane email address. And I wrote, and I think I wrote an email to it and just said, I hope you're real. And then it got a bounce back. Oh, I love that you did that. No, but I saw it and I was like, you know, now you can put that stuff in. It's such a great way to get cross promotion and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. I feel like there are more inside things that we put in. I can't think of them right now. That's such a. Well, we've never like, been asked that before. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how inside is, but uh, Matt and I recorded a Bruce and Ed sketch and then transcribed it and had our moms read it. Yeah. And my mom there would say certain filthy things, but then she would go, well, I'm not saying. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff uh, like that. There's the old days of Bruce and Ed where we, these are these mainly season one characters, like movie announcer guys. And th- there would be a significant portion of each recording where Jeremy would just look at my DVD rack and say <laughs> things that he saw. Like, you know, and he, he, he gets, gets called on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's several of them, actually. <laughs> but I think there's some other thread that I feel well, like we do. You do, uh, um, I'm filling the blank, Jim. Coming oh, yeah. to town on a blank, leaving on a blank. <laughs> I gotta go. They're showing, lip yeah. They're showing <laughs> blank at the blank. Hello. <laughs> what was yesterday's? Oh. I'm th- Someone wrote it on Twitter. I, I'm. I'm uh, hello, I'm Three Shoulders Jim, coming to town on a why Mariner, leaving on a because I said so Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> That slayed me, and I think it speaks to, like, I imagine you, should, you, did, you thought of that ahead of time. Or did it come to you in the moment? The, the, the wine right, but not the three shoulders. No, <laughs> that was pure inspiration. <laughs> no, but I mean, when people do ask, this is all improvised, like, I'm totally guilty of saving those ideas up and springing them on us. On, yeah, for the, everybody. The live for the live shows. shows. For the live shows. And for the recording. Because you, can't, you yeah. can't edit it. Yeah, right. we want it to be tighter, but for the recording... I don't go in with anything ex- unless it's an idea for a sketch. But I don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the some of the episode tags, <coughs> we'll do the, the sketches, mm-hmm. the credits, and then at the end of I think every episode, there's some yeah. sort of tag, and that's yeah. usually 
a funny thing that happened that isn't oh, yeah. contextual. Yeah. Like, yeah. Contextually, it won't fit in the episode. Yeah. Um, we've also got those episodes of the behind the scenes. On like, we've yeah. got a couple that are. It's like ten sketches that didn't make the cut. Season oh, okay. two. And I'm sure we'll have material for a season three version of that if we want to put that out. um, Hold on. Last episode, there was something in the last episode. I had to cut a major portion out because it was so funny, but it was so long, and I couldn't trim it anymore. Oh, I remember remember this. Um, What was it? Do you remember it? It was something where we start talking... Like, someone, Paul breaks character and says, like, no, you have to keep that in. And that was part of the sketch, too. Him saying that had to stay in. There was, was it with Paget or Jen Kirkman? I, feel like I know, I think Padgett. it's something that's already aired. It's like a sketch. Know. What was on the last episode? This is, we'll this is exciting. We'll we'll Rambling. Oh, oh, it's the latest Brown Squadron. <laughs> and... We talk, we go into this rant about Paul Williams and the Planet of the Apes or something. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, this won't make sense. I'm sorry. It's all right. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) it was about where Paul Williams lives in Naples, Long Beach. (laughs) But it, it somehow integrated into the story, and then we started talking like ourselves, and then transition back in it was seamless and really funny no we haven't published that's the thing is I had to cut it because a lot of really funny things will get cut simply because they're too long and like the more economical we are at the jokes the more they tend to stay in sure Uh, so if there's something that's really funny but at the same time just goes on for a full minute there just really isn't time for it even just story wise it's not like it's not worth the build up but Sketch has been getting longer and longer these days. Well, guys, I want to thank you for uh, time. <coughs> thank you. I know you're yeah. trying to get packed up and get out of town and get back home and stuff. But uh, uh, just a, kind of a last note: anything you guys uh, always wanted to answer that hasn't been asked? Oh, wow, well, that is a good question. I'm always curious about this because when I was in high school, I used to listen to Mark and Brian oh, sure. morning show. Yeah, Mark and, and for I think for a year at least, I had their voices mixed up with what they looked like, and <laughs> okay. I pictured them differently. And I'm wondering, I, uh, do you, when you're listening and you see our little graphic, do you just automatically assign one voice to one person? Or I have a real-life experience story about that. Because oh, really? I, I went to see a concert, concert in L.A., and I'm walking, I'm coming down an escalator, and I just hear a woman going, Jeremy Carter? Jeremy Carter? And I'm looking around, I'm like, she probably escaped from my cult comp. But I was like, where, where's Jeremy? I was like, oh, is Jeremy here? I don't know. I, it, it was like a band, like, I don't think you would know or like or whatever. And I was like, that'd be weird if Jeremy was here. And then, like, walked right up to me. And she was, you're Jeremy Carter. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. But... I, I know Do you Jeremy. Listen to Super like Clark Kent. I know Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> so she, was, she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you're not Jeremy. And I was like, no. What if Super Ego is one person doing all these voices right now? Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no. To answer your question, I don't think people do understand. Which is why I wanted to have you guys introduce yourselves in your voice so they would know who they were listening to when they do look. Also, I still don't even think that they would necessarily know because some of our characters are so far away from our real voices. True. And, Mark has the most distinct voice. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. Their voice, whiskey charm. Uh, <laughs> 
I thought he was a black man for 10 years before. We don't credit ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like at the end of our show, it'll be Rob Delaney as this. Yeah, we're all talking to this, but we don't say who you guys were. Jeremy does this character and that does this character. So I'm wondering should we start doing that? It's too much. It's too much. It would be too much. It's too much. I don't mind. That's kind of nice. Yeah, I know. That's fun. That's why I'm curious to if people know you know I, I like that I also am curious if people like the pictures and watch and look at the artwork the graphics yeah, yeah. We, we've heard from a few people that we're kind of the only one of the only yeah. enhanced enhanced podcasts do you are there any sketches you know but you're like I don't know who does that voice um that you guys do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I usually don't can't figure it out. Interesting, yeah. who's, who's doing it doesn't what. Matter. It's yeah, I mean, I, my ear catches, you know, some of the familiarities, but like you say, yeah. when you go into voices, a lot of that gets lost. Because yeah. there, there really isn't uh, an auto, audio content that matches up with your natural voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if you didn't do it audibly, it'd be interesting just to even have it in a credit or something on, on the website or something yeah. else. Yeah. To, the best way to find out is. Whatever the main characters, when you look at the graphic, usually one of our faces has been photoshopped onto that character, oh, okay. so you yeah. can kind of tell. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Um, you guys do have one of the better podcast-related websites, by the way, because most, I mean, most people just don't service their websites properly at all from a podcast situation. It's just like, here's our episodes. You don't even know who's in the you know, if it's a group. You don't right. know who they are. There's yeah. no background. Yeah. There's nothing. You guys clearly have, you know, taken some pains to make a website that, you know, that's really meticulous. meticulousness and, oh, wow. and visualizing. Yeah, our too, friend really. Jesse, who runs a web development thing, set that up for us, and then we worked hand in hand with him on how we could keep it as like a cross-referenceable database, and they put together an amazing thing. And so every episode, we just add the information that needs yeah. to get there, and so you can click on any character and it'll tell you what episode they're on any episode tell you what characters are on there who the guests are yeah I mean that's that's a thoroughness that it, like I said most podcasts don't bother with it's like most podcasters just feel hey I'm I'm, I'm sort of in show business but not really yeah. so I don't really have to service yeah. anything who yeah. cares about my listener I hope yeah. this doesn't sound pretentious but we really don't think of it as a podcast and I mean that for better or for worse like we just think of it as podcast just happens to be the media that this is best delivered on so we just try to do our best show each time even if that means we lately if we miss a month we'd rather wait and put out a good one than just force one up like we set up that monthly we put out an episode every first of the month come out of water and lately I've realized like yeah, what's going on now? And it's, it's harder and harder and harder to say that. But then we went like, who made that rule? <laughs> yeah, we, we did. And we stuck to it forever. Yeah, well, six years. Yeah. I mean, other than hiatus. But, yeah. You know, yeah, but it, I mean, it's clear you guys approach it in a, in a professional manner. I mean, you guys are professionals, but the fact that you, you uh, approach the podcast as it just, it's just a distribution point. It's not that it's a podcast. Yeah. And I think a lot of podcasters, and I'm only adding this element because you know, a, a large degree of, of the Succotash listeners are podcasters. Um, and they do feel like, well, I'm not really a professional. I don't really have to do it, you know, up. Uh, you know, I can go, yeah. the show can be any length, and it doesn't matter how it sounds, and it just... I would actually encourage people then to take the opposite approach and should be the best like we were saying should be the best that can be because we're actually not really professionals at all I mean we don't really work in the industry and the only reason I that's very nice of you to say but maybe what we do sounds professional and 
because we had that sound, you might say something like that. But we're just these guys doing the show. That's all it is. And yeah. um, we just care about each episode. So I think it sounds, it gives us more weight. We've had a few people that have come to work with us that just assume we're doing a lot more in this world or something like that. But really, we all work our jobs. Now we're doing a lot more in this world, but that's all we were doing. Yeah, but I think that's yeah. I think that's the the big difference, you know. I mean, I when I do my show, I just I if I'm not in my studio, I literally am doing you know wraparounds for the clips in my car because yeah. it sounds better than my office does <laughs> in terms of oh, an audio yeah. standpoint. That's nice. That's good. It matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it does. It's matter. appreciated. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah, I just think people should strive to do the best thing that they can do, yeah. and they should think about audio quality and show length yeah. and presenting it the best you can because somebody we were at the LA Podcast Fest and somebody talked about low barrier of entry yes and it is literally now you don't even need you can get a laptop and do you can do a laptop smartphone. I'm doing this yeah. recording off sure. an iPad and a phone yes. yeah. right. you know so it is a low barrier but that doesn't mean that the output needs to be yeah. low yeah. quality right, right. Uh, in fact, the low barrier should make it easier for people to sound more professional. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know, yeah. Because the quality of the, the, the low-entry equipment is amazing. Yeah. I think some of, uh, I mean, for us, as far as striving to, and now I'm going to sound like the pretentious asshole, but we're all actors. I never said I was an asshole. <laughs> no, I, that's my assumption. <laughs> You're very presumptuous. Thank you. It's been proven. Thank you. I've been told, I've been told that my whole life. Thank you. Um... I think it's because we're, we're all actors. We, it's it's just. I mean, I started doing improv in '92. I think Matt started around that time, '91, '92, '95, '96, and and we've got all this time where it's just like you can't walk on stage and if you've had a draining day, you can't walk out there and go, "Oh, I've had a draining day, so I'm just going to get through this." You got to bring it up to show energy and think about what the elements need and what this and that and I think that helps if I can just be an asshole for a moment I really did I really think I'm very self-important uh, I like the sound of my around that I'm Hikaru referee to take us out of here well, guys, thanks again a lot for Thank you, uh, for Thank you Mark. And, Thank you. Uh, again, really appreciate your show and what you guys do. And um, hopefully uh, when I get to L.A., I get to see you guys actually perform live one of these times. Oh, yes. Right. So, yeah. uh, Usually the first of the month at UCB. We appreciate that. I think we, we tend to get a lot of the same questions, which is fine, but you had some really nice... Yeah, it's yeah, very, very intuitive. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, it's just it's you know, trying to bring my listeners something different. You know. It's nice. Awesome. awesome. Well, have a good, uh, safe trip back. Too. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. A thanks so much to those guys for getting up early, delaying their departure back to Los Angeles, and sticking around long enough to chat it up with me. Go fill up your pod sacks with Super Ego Goodness at GoSuperEgo.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Now, before we cut you loose, please grab a free sample from our Bursto Durst on the way out, won't you? Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a preview of President Obama's upcoming State of the Union address. After studying a few past speeches, plotting recent headlines, and analyzing the patterns of our 44th president, pretty much any observer could predict what's going to go down on Tuesday. Some things you can just always count on. For instance, mention will be made of Lincoln's birthday, but not of Mardi Gras. Nancy Pelosi will jump up and down like a rabid squirrel on meth. 
Michelle Obama will sit next to an astronaut. John Boehner will squirm like he ate bad shellfish and needs to use the loo. And then the speech. It will reveal that the State of the Union is good, but it could be better. Although our country is chock full of hope and promise, we will need to work together in order to overcome criminal elements who are trying to steer us into badness. The things we stand for are families, jobs, defense, and education. Conditions we can do without, thank you very much, are crime, crib death, and grumpy senators from Kentucky with the cheery optimism of that gray-green slime found on sunken cave ceilings. And the economy is the best that it's been in years. But that doesn't mean it's good, or as good as it's going to get. What it needs to get is better, much better, and then better still, until it's the best ever. But even then, can we relax? No, sir, not in America, because that's when we roll up our sleeves and really go to work. Not for ourselves, but for our children, and our children's children, and our children's children's grandchildren's nieces and nephews' stepkids. The ones who will be forced to wear artificial gills to breathe because the air is all screwed up. But that can wait for tomorrow. And guns, they can too, along with Al-Qaeda. And that's the State of the Union. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. As we ring down the curtain on Epi 50 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I want to not only thank all of the podcasters who generously allow us to use their clips every week. Sure, it's free plugs for them, but they're also putting their trust in us that we're going to be doing right by them. I also want to thank all the folks who've given of their time and let me interview them for this show. But most importantly, I want to thank you, the person who's listening to this right now. Whether you're a first-time Succotashian or have been with us for all 50 episodes since we started almost two years ago, it means a lot to me that you're out there. So if there's a favorite comedy podcast that you listen to but haven't heard us feature on this show, drop me a line at mark, M-A-R-C, at succotashshow.com. You can also call into the Succotash hotline and leave us a message. That number is area code 818-921-7212. And if you are a comedy podcaster and would like us to feature a clip from your show, you can send us a three to five minute MP3 clip to clips, C-L-I-P-S, at succotashshow.com. Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, and retweet us at Succotash Show. Enough? Cool. Please remember to pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please... Pass the Succotash. Good morning, everyone. Of course, we got Chef Ernie here. We're going to uh, show a dish on how to prepare grouper a different way, right? Gary, today the recipe I'm calling grouper and grits, folks. 
Um, and it's not just your every, every ordinary day grits. Um, I'm doing a grit with Gouda cheese and Parmesan cheese. As you can see right here, I've got that ready to go. We'll give you the recipe for that. How do I make it New Orleans? How do we make it Creole, my brother? How we do that is we make a Creole succotash. And it starts off with a wonderful garlic butter, which we make here at the restaurant. It's like the holy grail here at my restaurant, Gary, this garlic butter. Okay, now we got some wonderful diced andouille sausage. And if you notice, the andouille sausage uh, is real meatful. That's, that's what's great about andouille sausage, really right. meaty. It's also got a lot of seasoning in it. So you're not going to have to put a lot of uh, pepper in here. But you know I got some cayenne pepper right here, of Gary, course, to finish it off of with. Course, of course, Because you know we like it like that. Um, and then we're going to sweat down some wonderful onion with that. So next what we want to do is we're going to go right over here, if you want to pan over to the side of the table. And I've got this wonderful piece of copper belly grouper. This grouper was caught on the boat with Trip Tobert. 51-pound copper belly grouper, first place in the Destin Fishing Rodeo. Uh, but we're going to take this wonderful piece of fish. Now, you have to be very careful, Gary, because okay. this is super hot. Okay. I like to do it with butter because it gives it a nice caramelized flavor. Now we're going to get going with the succotash, folks. And the succotash is lima beans. We're going to add our corn. Okay. I'm going to add some stewed tomato. Wow. And I'm going to add what I love in this dish is some cherry uh, cherry tomatoes absolutely oh man actually these are actually grape tomatoes gary right. you could do grape or cherry Grape or cherry. i like the i like the sweetness of the grape tomato actually in this now watch how we plate this up folks pay attention because this is how it's going to look when you come get it at my restaurant all right here we go oh, folks. right on top of the cheese grits huh? right on top of those cheese grits look at the color look at that flavor folks isn't that gorgeous okay we're going to turn this one off and not Gary, I'm going to step over you this right here. Can't you hear that fish just sizzling oh, in the pan right there? Boy. Gary, look, we're going to flip it over and show them. Look, that's the side I want to show you. Now, folks, isn't that beautiful? Now I'm just going to lay that right like this, folks. That's what I call, that's Creole soul food right there, naturally in New Orleans, folks. Thank you very much. Chef Ernie, thanks very much. Folks, try this dish. We'll have it on Facebook and our website. I'm Gary Finch for 3 in the morning.